the main challenge as a blending business company is recite. So how we can tackle that risk problem using the data science methodology. You're listening to The Data Point of View, a podcast for anyone interested in using machine learning and consumer data to achieve business objectives. In each episode, members of the Mobile Wallet team are joined by industry leaders and influencers to discuss different ways data and technology can improve predictive modeling, feature engineering, and data enrichment. Let's jump in. Thank you for listening today. I'm Laurie Hood, CMO at Mobile Walla, and this is Data Point of View. Data Point of View is a podcast for anyone interested in using machine learning and consumer data to achieve their business objectives. Joining me for this episode is Joel Samuel. Joel is VP, Head of Machine Learning Engineer at Finixcel. Finixcel is a financial technology company creating disruptive and meaningful products in retail credit in Southeast Asia. Finixcel is building the future of financial services, and I love this, Joel. Fast, cheap, and widely accessible, wrapped up in a beautiful user experience. So, Joel, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Lori. Thank you also for having me. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I want to start talking. This is how we'll sort of break down the program today. Let's start talking a bit about your background and what led you to your current role, and then focus on how you and your team are driving change at Phoenixcel. And then we'll close with your thoughts for 2022. So if that's okay with you, we're going to jump right in. Yeah, okay. Fantastic. So let's start, you know, your background is very deep in machine learning. Can you share a bit about your career so far and how you landed in your role at Phoenixcel? Yeah, so it started actually since my days in college, in my undergraduate degree. So I improved my interest about data there. And then after I graduated from my bachelor, actually the data science scene or data science sort of movement is not hype actually in Indonesia, so I joined a consultant company, but still working about data. So I work, uh, uh, the first product that I actually work is about transformation tools. Then Mm -hmm. I took my master specialized in uh, process mining. Process mining basically is uh, like a subsidiary or more specialization from data mining. And then, yeah, starting after I, I graduate my master's, uh, I decided to pursue more on the data career. Actually. So after I graduated my master, I took a job as a data scientist in public sector. So I worked for the, the Jakarta government. So mm-hmm. in their movement called Jakarta Smart City, it's like the initiative from the Jakarta government to introduce about the technology especially in data, big data, to solve a problem in the public area. So after that, I joined in the Jakarta Smart City around one and a half years. And then the opportunity came from the Finaxel Credivo. At that time, I don't know. I didn't know actually uh, about the Finaxel Credivo because it was still a small company, I think in 2017 or 2018. Wow. One thing that I know that I want to continue my career in the startup scene. So at that time, 
the startup company actually already become more and more in terms of number in Indonesia. So I want to join that wave actually. So when the Finaxel or Credivo came to me, give this give this, this opportunity, I grab it. And then starting joint from the maybe like less than 50 people in the company. Currently, uh, Finaxel already, uh, I think more than 300 people. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Since you've kind of teed it up, let's talk about fintech, especially in emerging markets like Southeast Asia and Latin America is incredibly hot. So can you sort of tell us a little bit about Finexcel, the company, and the products, the different products that you have in the market? Yeah, yeah. So Finexcel actually first nine no pay later solution in Indonesia, as I can see. Why we go to that part or why we choose to provide that uh, pay later solution in Indonesia, there are two main reasons. The first one is the low penetration of credit card in Indonesia. There's only 17 million of credit card compared to our population around 250 million current nowadays. So it, it makes like only 0.07 credit cards per capita. So it's really low. And then the second one is the high penetration of mobile phone. So currently Indonesia has like more than 190 million mobile phones, so almost 0.8 mobile phones per capita. So wow. it makes a sweet spot. So you have a mobile phone, but you don't have the credit card, right? And also at that time, the e-commerce wave really, really big in Indonesia. So we have like, currently we have maybe three or four unicorns, uh, startup company based on e-commerce. So and then one of the one of the problem that e-commerce have not in Indonesia, I think also, but also all around the world is about the card bundle. So one of the issue is more in the payment option or payment channel. So most of the people that uh, abandon the card is because they have some hassle to do the payment. So that's why we have a sweet spot to provide our solution, the buy no pay later solution. That's our go to market at first time. But currently, Finaxel, it's more than the buy no operator solution because we also provide many financial solutions. Example, like dealer, you can top up your electricity or your mobile phone credit, and then you can take personal loan. And then we are also, uh, soon we will uh, launch our small and medium enterprise loan. And just recently, we launched our uh, motorcycle loan. And then, yeah, the, 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 the goal is... Uh, Finaxel want to provide the financial services, not only the uh, pay later solution in Indonesia or in the Southeast Asia, like you said, in the low cost, in the really great user experience. So yeah, we just recently also opened our second country after Indonesia. We, we opened in Vietnam. And then I think in the next year or the, in the coming years, we also will open in another two or three countries. Yeah, that's a Finaxel right now. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, incredible growth at Finexcel and with Credivo. And then certainly kind of you've been on the fast track there with your career. So can you talk about some of the key responsibilities of your role and kind of what you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, um, we have uh, quite, I don't know, maybe in some companies this is small or in some companies uh, it's already big. We have uh, quite a number of people in data deficient. 
led by one chief data officer. So there are three groups in the data division. Data scientist, data science group, and then ML engineer group, and then a data engineer group. So we define our organization of that to that group. So I lead the ML engineer group, and then yeah, also there's another leader for the data science also in data engineer. Basically, the division of work for these three three groups is a data scientist is apply data science method into many business problems that we we tackle. The end product of the the data science group will be a ML model, machine learning model, or for example, rules, some set of hard rules, or maybe just some analysis about some problems. And then ML engineer will tackle to develop that into a service or a solution, a data solution. So the machine learning model that comes from data scientists, we will wrap it up into a services that can be accessed either real time or we run it on a scheduled basis. So the result can be used by the product engine, product backend, or any other group or any other division mm-hmm. like customer service or operation division. And then a data engineer, I think this is the most stable group, or I mean like we already know about data engineer, I think from like 10 years ago. So, and also the main job roles actually also already like Established uh, before the machine learning engineer or a data scientist. So the data engineer basically developing our data warehouse and also uh, building our analytics dashboard for our business stakeholder. In total, there are 30 people in a data division, around 30 people. And also, we have already more than 40 machine learning models, models that run, run on the production. We take from the risk model up to the chatbot actually currently. So yeah, all these services start uh, start from the credit scoring and then a chatbot engine. In the production, it will be my team responsible to keep it up and running. So you're in a business clearly that's highly driven by data and artificial engineering or uh, yeah, artificial intelligence. What are some yeah. of the challenges that your organization faced as it's grown? Yeah, uh, there are a couple of challenges. Yeah, of course. At first, the, the main challenge as a lending business company is risk So, how we can tackle that risk problem using the data science methodology? So, currently, at the first time when we built the data, we only focus on that part, so on that risk management part. So, we started with uh, only three people actually working on that. Together. Then the focus only to build the, what we call ABC score. Maybe more people know about uh, the credit scoring score. And also the problem that we have as an organization at the very first starting this the company is uh, we cannot attract a good talent. So because the name itself, the company name itself is not uh, well known. So not many people also want to join the company. So I'm lucky enough to have this chance <laughs> to uh, grab this opportunity and yeah, but put now, my bet on. I mean, now it's a super yeah. hot company to work for, though. So you were yes. the one who had the vision. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I said that I have a good bet. <laughs> so at the very first, there's not many people that actually knows about credit for financial, right? So and also knows about the fintech industry. 
So yeah, that's the main challenge when we started. Next, after we become a bigger, 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 the other challenge is the data science utilization or data science implementation become more than risk. So many parts of business actually already uh, starting gain the, uh, the confidence about the data science and then start to think creative that all the problems in the world can be solved by the data science. Then the other problem comes. So we need more than a risk modeler or we need more than a data science that knows only about the risk modeling. So we need specialization. So that becomes another challenge because uh, find, uh, finding data scientists that specialize, for example, in the natural language processing, it's kind of difficult because we don't have any basic on that. All the people that already joined it difficult because we only focus to find the people that already know about the risk modeling, but neither. But data science is really uh, huge and also wide, right? So finding the good people or the good person and the specialized field is actually uh, become also the challenge. What are you doing to deal with your staffing challenges? Because you hear that there's a tremendous need for data scientists that outpaces the available talent. And then if you're looking for someone with some specialized skills, are you working with any local universities? Have you kind of maybe broadened where you're hiring from? Like, what are some of the ways you're looking at addressing that? Yeah, so we already actually tried that some of the approach that you mentioned. So we tried to working in, with the university. Currently, it doesn't match with our culture. So because we really very, very fast-paced company. So sometimes we don't have a time to grow in this uh, talent because we don't have a big team. So actually, this is to... Get, and then we realized that as a company or as a team, we also a little bit uh, too private. So there is no many people that actually come up to the surface to show that what we are doing. So in the community, they don't know what actually the data scientists in ready for looks, what they are working or look, what look they, are, they are looking. So we starting to open right now. <laughs> of course, this is one of the... Joining this podcast also one of the <laughs> strategy that we want to implement right now. So comes up to the surface a little bit more and then show what we are doing uh, as a company and also as, as a data scientist or as a data team. Hopefully it can attract more good talent to join to the creative form. We also have this. I'm flattered that you are <laughs> using our podcast to get Credivo more play in the market. That's fantastic. And I think it's important to get the brand out. And I mean, all of the exciting things that you guys are doing. So uh, I, I just want to add one more challenge. So currently, the incoming supply actually already become more and more, a be become better and better. But as you know, the issue right now is the supply in data scientists or ML engineers itself. So since this is a new thing in Indonesia and all the people like want to pursue this uh, sexy uh, new field, but the good talent, we lack of the good talent uh, the supply in Indonesia right now. So we open up the opportunity to this region so in Asia. Uh, that's also one of the 
a strategy that besides come to surface a little bit more, we open up to more countries to open more opportunity to get a good talent. So yeah, that's a really big problem on the supply side. Well, and I would guess it grows as you increase. You had talked about bringing more products to market and you're going to continue to grow the amount of models you're producing and supporting with that. So I want to go back to something interesting that you had mentioned, and that was the utilization of the data science team across the organization. And kind of as people realized all the things you could do, they thought you could solve any problem. But with that usually comes a lot of internal trust in what your teams are doing. So could you talk a little bit, I mean, we do hear people say they have a hard time educating people, other people within their company about data science, about what your team can do and building that trust. So could you talk a little bit about how you've addressed that? Yes, so luckily, this is not the case in Finaxel. So since beginning, we already have the buy-in from the top-level management. Moreover, actually, the top-level management realized that this is the one thing that can break the market. This is the one thing that can be a deal-breaker. If we want to disrupt the well-established player in the market, like the bank or the multi-finance company that already there, so one thing that we can do is we introduce the data science uh, methodology and we solve it with a better way because they believe the data science has a big, big opportunity and then a big, big capability. But yes, of course, even though that we have already the buy-in and also the movement or, or the initiative comes from the top management, we have to prove that initiative or the buy-in uh, at the very first beginning that uh, we can deliver it, right? So this is the actually the biggest problem happened in the data science uh, part in the company. They cannot pro- uh, prove that this data solution approach, a data science approach can solve the, the real problem, business problem. So we believe that in creative for the data science project is a never-ending process. There, we started with the real business problem or the real business question and then we definitely do the, the process so that we can have a really nice solution. But one thing that I want to highlight, there are two things that actually can maintain the buy-in and also can expand our use case in the credit flow. We started, uh, of course, we started with the really core problem. That's the first thing. But we do a rigorous process to do that. I mean, we do a thorough process. We don't do like really, we don't mess up with the process of uh, the uh, when we're building the model. There are several checkpoints. We have a regular meeting with our COO and CEO in the first two years to present the result. And then we have a really good monitoring workflow and framework so that we can quickly spot it if there's something wrong with our model that we push to production. We also really believe about the fail fast and learn fast. So we always uh, push it little by little to production to see the effect, the impact of the uh, model so that we don't start with a thing. So start with the simple thing and a small thing. We we believe that there's many low-hanging fruit that can we grab uh, and also can we solve so that the thing that uh, actually build the confidence in the top management, right? So 
we start with a small problem, we push it quickly to the production, and we see the result fast. The management can immediately see the impact or the effect of the data science approach in the company. That's the thing that keep keep maintaining the the, the buy-in and also the the trust from the top management. Yeah. As long as it can, so and also uh, one thing that data science or data team in 3D4 actually do is we really pragmatic, pragmatic uh, people. So as long as it can solve problem, it's good enough. So we are not really how or get to implement the really cutting edge technology, you know. So yeah, yeah. We go to the bottom of the problem, the business problem, and then we see the tools that we have. We see the set of algorithms that can solve the problem, but we pick the most efficient and effective way. So we don't really get shined by by the really new technology. So yeah, I think that's uh, what we do to maintain the buy-in. But yeah, we have the opportunity, we have the advantage to have to already have the buy-in at the very first time we implement this data series. Well, that, I mean, organizational support so important. And you've actually made my job easy because my last question for you was going to be to summarize some of your key findings. And you just did that talking about <laughs> having a rigorous process. What we see, too, is it's not always about the complexity of the solution. It's almost finding even sometimes the simplest algorithm that's going to solve the most complex yeah. problem instead of increasing yeah. that level of complexity. And that just puts yeah. more pressure on your data science team. But I love the start simple. I think there are so many organizations that we work with at Mobile Walla who really are just starting out. And I think start simple and prove yourself is really the way to go. And again, you're so fortunate. I mean, your business is so based on data, running models. I've got some experience in, in the U.S. credit business, so I understand it from a more credit-based economy. But it's just so interesting, and I wish you the best of luck. You're in such a great, hot business. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights. We really appreciate it. Thank you also, Lori. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, and to our listeners, thank you for your time today. And please join us for another episode of Data Point of View brought to you by Mobile Walla. Thank you for checking out this episode of Data Point of View. This show is brought to you by Mobile Walla. Mobile Walla provides consumer intelligence solutions that help data and marketing professionals better understand, model, and predict consumer behavior so they can acquire and retain their best customers. If you enjoyed what you learned in this episode, make sure to follow Data Point of View wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit mobilewalla.com slash podcast to get immediate access to all of the latest episodes.